Hello, your family. This is uh, part two of our study through Ezra chapter nine this week. And um, this chapter is unique in that it speaks uh, about why we need to, uh, how we are supposed to confess our sins to the Lord. Um, I think one of the things that we sometimes fail to realize as Christians is that uh, we are uh, still called to confess our sins, not because um, we are somehow condemned, but as Christians, when we confess our sin, there's an acknowledgement that the things that we've done is wrong. That's what confession means. It's, it's acknowledge that God's way is higher than ours, and that he is holy and we are not. And so it's important for us to have that in a regular part of life, in our regular uh, prayer life, our normal spiritual walk, is that we're always going to, if we're really introspective and careful about how we think about our lives, is that we are people that have fallen short of the glory of God. And we want to be people that are constantly um, looking at ourselves in light of Scripture and trying to figure out a way in which we can glorify Him. Uh, and, and we will see our sin. We will see areas in our life that are uh, not honoring and pleasing to the Lord. And what we need to do is to confess those before the Lord. Um, so uh, this week, or today, we're going to focus on two the type of confessions or repentance that honors the Lord is for this. The first one is that um, we are appalled by sin. The first uh, way in which we can honor the Lord in our confession and our prayer is that we are appalled by sin, that we are uh, broken by it when we see it. And we see this in chapter 3, I mean chapter 9, verse 3 and 4, where Ezra, uh, he sees the sins of the people and then he, he's broken by it. It says in chapter 9 verse 3, so when I heard about this matter, I tore my garments and my robe, and this is again uh, the Jewish Old Testament way of, or even Jewish now, this is the way of, of lamenting, of realizing great sorrow in their own hearts, um, pulling out the hair and from his head and beard, that's just like going beyond too, because whereas like the garments and clothes you can kind of sew back, uh, the hair and your beard, you, you have no other choice, you can't put that back on, you have to just wait until it grows back, and if you ever tried, uh, if you ever seen this, usually uh, there's like you know parts of the blood comes out if you pull hard enough, and this is what happened with Jesus, right? He, uh, when he was torn and beaten, part of it was people pulling on his hair and beard, and and uh, they did that because it was painful. It's not easy, and hurts, and and Ezra is doing this to himself because he's just so broken and appalled by sin. It says that he sat down appalled, but then everyone who trembled at the words of God of Israel on account of the unfaithfulness of the exile gathered to me, and I sat appalled until the evening prayer, or evening offering. This word appalled is actually used uniquely here. I think it's probably the only time this word is used here in this way, in this form. Um, it just means that inward, inwardly he's shattered and is, is disgusted over what has happened. He sees the sins of the people and he feels the weight of it. You know, Ezra's not the one that is, uh, he's not the one that committed the sin. He is still broken by it because he is a holy man. He understands who God is who and what he's about. And he just sees all this sin going on, and he is broken by it. Uh, and that's a question for us uh, as we think about, do you feel the same way when you see sin in the world? But even moving closer and more personal to us, do you see, or you, do you feel the same way when you see sin in your own heart? Do you feel appalled when you, when you um, speak uh, in, in a very disrespectful tone or with a bad attitude or when you are 
um, you know, when you react in a way that is sinful to the Lord? Do you find yourself being appalled by your sin? Or do you think, oh, that's just the Christian life. It's okay. Uh, God forgives us for all of our sin. Uh, the personal response to sin is uh, it's really a reflection of what's going on in person. If God means uh, as what you claim, you claim to be a follower of Christ and you claim to love the Lord, then sin is something that you should constantly be appalled by and, and, and hate. Um, first, personal sins in your own life and then sins of the, the things that you see in the world. As Christians, we need to take sin seriously and uh, and we have to realize that, uh, that sin has a serious effect on our lives. And if we don't feel that, and there has to be a sense in which some of us might just be callous to sin. Romans 1 tells us that maybe uh, certain people don't feel the weight of sin, not because of the law or the conscience is not convicting them, it's just that their conscience is seared. They got to the point where they love their sin so much that it doesn't even matter to them anymore. Uh, they see sin and it doesn't phase them. They're no longer appalled by it. But godly individuals are people who see sin and they, 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 they want to turn because they realize um, that the Lord is a, is a good God and he's a holy God. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 5, Isaiah says, that he, you know, he's, he's a prophet of the Lord. He said, woe is me, a, a man of unclean lips, which is again interesting because you know, Isaiah's minister is going to be speaking a lot, and he says that he himself is has unclean lips. Um, in Luke chapter five, when uh, Jesus first uh, encounters his disciples, he tells them uh, to throw um, a net over to uh, one side to catch fish, and they say, "Well, there's no way uh, we can find anything." And Peter was the one who's like, "We've done this all night, and you're saying that we have just throw it on this other side and we we'll somehow get it." And in chapter five or six, that when they had done this, they uh, enclose a great quantity of fish and their nests begin to break. So they signaled to their partners and the other boats for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that he fell down at his at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Oh Lord. Any godly individual understands uh, that they, before a holy God, is a sinful man. Um, and I think in our church context, and especially in reform circles, sometimes we have a tendency to to take advantage of grace. Um, by that I mean, like, we think, oh, well, God died for all of my sins, therefore I don't need to repent of anything. I don't need to confess any sins. Uh, because God covers all sins. Um, yeah, Romans 6 tells us this. What shall we say then? Are we to become, are we to continue in sins of the grace? Uh, may increase, may never be. How shall we who died to sin still live? In it, or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we might walk in a newness of life. For we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this that our old self has been crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so we would no longer be uh, be slaves of sin for he who has died is in need for he who has died is freed from sin um, and this is an important passage for us because we understand that just because Christ died for all of our sin that does not give us excuse to do whatever sin that we want we need to always be appalled by sin so ask yourself, do you feel appalled when you see sin in your own life? When you see sin in your life, how do you respond to it? What is your reaction to sin? 
if you know God's word and, you, and even God's laws are in your heart, then the natural response that's glorifying to the Lord is that you are appalled by sin. Again, the reason why we should be appalled by sin is because God is appalled by sin. He, and he has a perfect like hatred towards sin. and We could never be able to have that in, in this life, but that does not mean that we will strive to understand his holiness and to hate sin the way God hates sin. So that's the first point. Uh, confession or repentance that's honored to the Lord is first that we are appalled by sin. Second is that it doesn't blame shift. Uh, a confession, a type of confession or type of prayer that's pleasing to the Lord is that uh, we don't blame shift. Yeah, we see this in verse 5. But, the e- but at the evening offering, I rose from my humiliation, even with my garments and my robe torn. I fell on my knees and stretched out my hands to the Lord. To the Lord my God. And I said, Oh my God, I am ashamed and embarrassed to lift up my face to you, my God, for our iniquities have risen above our heads and our guilt has grown even to the heavens. Since the days of our fathers to this day, we have been in great guilt in our account of our iniquities. We, our kings and our priests, have been given into the hands of the kings of the land to, to soar to captivity and to plunder and to open shame as is to this day. Now, what's interesting is that um, how many times the word me or my hour uh, is used. Um, Ezra humbly falls before the Lord and he pleads. Um, or he realizes that the people of God has failed again. He doesn't blame God. He doesn't blame. Uh, um, he doesn't say, like, oh, God, it's your fault for doing all of this. He doesn't even blame the other nations. Like, he doesn't talk about how um, oh, if these nations were just... Um, godly, that I wouldn't have fallen in sin. Uh, he doesn't blame anyone except um, he just comes before the Lord broken. He doesn't blame shift at all. And we know that blame shifting is wrong. Blame shifting began all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve sinned. Sin, uh, sin entered into the world because Adam and Eve uh, fell into temptation. Uh, Adam blames the wife that God gives him and then Eve uh, blames uh, the snake that God created. So essentially, both of them blame the Lord for their current predicaments. And that is sometimes some, an attitude that we have. Sometimes when sin happens in our life, we, play, we, <coughs> excuse me, we tend to make excuses. You know, when you fall into sin, what type of excuse do you make? Do you think, especially in this time where we're in sheltered places, you think, oh, it's COVID's fault. You know, if, if we were just only... Uh, not shelter in place, and we get to have our small groups and our Bible site, then I have more accountability. Then I wouldn't fall into the sin. Uh, that might be partially true. You're still blame shifting that if there was all of these other things in ministry that you could do, that somehow you are, um, uh, that your, your sanctification hinges on those things external. Or some people might blame, um, you know, the kids that they have. Oh, if my kids are just better in this way, then I wouldn't have responded that way, or, or or the Lord gave me a better spouse, a more sanctified spouse, then I would not uh, have committed that sin, or if the Lord gave me a better job, or this, or this, or whatever it may be in your life, um, whatever type of sin that you're blaming, uh, or whatever object you're blaming for your sin, this, is a, this isn't true repentance. That's just saying, that's just putting the blame ultimately on the Lord, because you know that the Lord has placed you wherever you are, the circumstances of the people in your life, they're there because um, the Lord has placed them there. And you as a Christian need to be uh, responsible for how you live out your life. Uh, if you fall, you need to confess to the Lord. It's not other people's fault. The reason why things happen to you, the reason why you fall into sin is because of sin that's in your own heart. We see that in the book of James, right? That when, when temptation takes 
matures, it brings forth death. Um, and that's because people allow sinful thoughts and patterns in their life to fester in them. And when the opportunity comes, they fall into a grave sin. And all blame shift is attempt to uh, make an excuse really for your own sin. And that isn't true repentance. True repentance acknowledges that you've done something wrong. You've sinned against the Lord. And you need to go to him and ask for forgiveness. Um, and I think part of the, why that honors the Lord is because we, we see sin the way God sees sin. And we acknowledge that God is right and that we are wrong. By blame shifting, you're saying that uh, it is all God's fault. It's other people's fault and it's not your own. This is how the world thinks. The world will always blame their current circumstances on everyone else except for taking responsibility. And um, we as Christians, we need, we can't, we're not, we're, we're expected to not blame shift anyone else because blame shifting is a sin. Um, you're lying. You're essentially lying. You're saying that other people, <clears throat> it's other people's fault. But really, it is only because of your own the sin that's lingering in your own heart. The things that you love and you lust after, that's why you fall into sin. It has nothing to do with your surroundings. And, and again, going back to the garden, Adam and Eve were in perfect, <clears throat> perfect environments, and yet they still fell because of uh, temptation. Uh, and, and ultimately, they were drawn to uh, sin because of what's going on uh, in their own hearts. They were drawn to it. And they fell into sin because of it. And uh, eventually they blamed the Lord. And we see that that's just a natural human thing to do, but that is not the right thing to do. As Christians, when we fall into sin, we are not supposed to blame shift, but we confess to the Lord, and the Lord is more than willing and gracious to forgive us for all of our sin. And I hope that these, for us, for today, uh, just, just, just two questions to consider. First, like, do you, uh, do, are you appalled by sin when you fall into sin? And um, do you find yourself making excuses when you fall into sin? Um, and if you do, why? And I hope that these questions will help you. Maybe even if you find uh, someone else that's listening to this, or you're listening to this podcast with someone else, that you have this discussion with them, ask them, um, and just have this discussion, why why aren't you appalled by sin, or do you find yourself making excuses every time you fall into sin? I hope that this is helpful for you today, and I pray that uh, you will become more godly because uh, your view of sin is more aligned with not your own flesh or with the world, but with the Lord. I hope that was helpful. Uh, we uh, will continue the study tomorrow. Have a nice day.